Welcome to Running Out of Space. I'm Adam Grabarnik, and admittedly not a baseball fan, but my guest today is. His name is Jake Reiner, and he's an actor, producer, reporter, podcaster, the son of one legend, and the grandson of another. In this episode, we get into his baseball memorabilia and the memories imbued within. Though not concerned with market value or resale prices, Jake is a collector in the purest form. Check it out. Baseball memorabilia, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think every baseball fan has their own little collection of something. Um, it's just typical for people that love the game. They will collect either balls or bobbleheads or jerseys or cards. And I tend to have all four of those collections. And when did that start? I mean, when I was, when I was super young, I mean, now, now, now that I'm older, uh, I, I don't do as much collecting as I used to, but when I was about, I don't know, 10 or 11 or so, my dad started taking me on these baseball trips. Um, every summer we would go to three or four parks and eventually we got to all of the stadiums. Now, a bunch of those stadiums have to, you know, uh, the bunch, we have to go back to a bunch of those stadiums because they got new, um, new parks. But uh, when I would go to each stadium, I would get something from the souvenir shop there to remember the stadium by. And I, chose to go with jerseys because I just, I love jerseys. And so I got whatever my quote unquote favorite player was on that team. So for example, when we went to Toronto, I got a Roy Halladay Jersey or when I went to uh, Philadelphia, when he was playing for the Phillies, I got a Mike Lieberthal Jersey. Cause I just liked the name and he wasn't that great of a catcher, but um just everywhere I went, you know, Chipper Jones in Atlanta or uh, Ken Griffey Jr. When, when he played for the Reds. And so I just kind of built my Jersey collection from there. Um, but the baseball collection actually started because we, uh, my dad used to have uh, season tickets to the Dodgers games and we would sit, you know, kind of close to the visiting on deck circle. And because of that, when I was like a, you know, a cute little kid, you know, I would run up to the railing and they would toss me the baseballs, whether it be the ball boy or one of the players. Um, and then as I got older, I got less cute and less, you know, desirable to be thrown a ball. And so if I ever did get one, I would then give it to whoever, whatever kid was around me at the time. Would these be, would the players autograph the ball before handing it to you? Or would it just be like, Hey, there's a kid, here you go. Let's make, you know, let's make that kid's day sort of thing. Um, well, I mean, during the games, no, but when we would go on these, on these trips and we'd get to, you know, go on the field or go in the clubhouse or meet some of the players, I would definitely get autographs. Then cool. it's funny. It's funny. You bring up autographs because I feel like baseball autographs are sort of the last autograph that people are getting these days. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like people are more interested in getting a selfie than they are getting an autograph. And it's sort of like the digital autograph nowadays, but I feel like, kids or even, you know, grown adults still want that autograph on the baseball, which I think is cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting you say that because I would also say sports in general, because I know like for me, I, my reference is comic books and there's been a weird switch within the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years where collectors don't want an autograph unless it was verified by the comics grading uh, company. So if you have an, like for me, when I was a little child, 
I wanted to get the comics autographed, but you know, there was no CGC, there was no real internet when I was a child. So having autographed comics now is actually a detriment. It's actually lowers the value, even though really? it was, it's not, it's even though it's not um, uh, forged. So, but, but I could see the same thing in baseball um, a little, probably a little less, although I don't know, there's probably a big forgery market in baseball stuff. Yeah. And I think because, and I don't know, I don't understand the whole baseball card market. I, I, it's funny before you asked me to do this, I actually had pulled out my baseball card collection mm -hmm. just to see if there was anything of value. And I realized that I was smart enough as a young kid to make a, I'll show it to you, cool. um, to make a binder of kind of like my it's a it's a tiny it's a tiny little thin binder. The, is your A team the other, you're about to show me right now? Yeah, I mean, the, the, this is sort of like the most important cards that I that I found. So cool. like, I have, where is it? So uh -huh. like right here, I mean, there's an Ichiro Suzuki rookie card. There's a Nomar Garcia Parra rookie card. Um, Albert Pujols here, but like as cool as these cards are. And then like, you know, the list, the list kind of goes on. It's a whole uh -huh. binder of these kind of, you know, whether they're limited edition, they're kind of like shiny like this, or they're uh -huh. actually, you know, the, that signifies the tops rookie, um, rookie card trophy here for uh -huh. Prince Fielder, for example, like, I don't really know what the, the value of that is like, I'm trying to still learn that because I, as a kid, you don't really think about it, right? You're just collecting it. It's fun. You, you may, you may get a couple of the same player. Maybe you can trade with one of your buddies, um, but you're not really thinking about monetizing any of it. And now well, if, you are, if, that, it's wrong, if it's, if, if you are, it's kind of the wrong mindset, but yes, right. Absolutely. Exactly. So I have so many cards and if I could find the right person to talk to about how to go about making sure I get the best value on any of these cards. That would be great. But the point you made about, you know, authenticity, well, it's not just about authenticity. It's also about what condition the cards are in yeah. and have they been damaged by any elements or whatever? Are they, I mean, I, you know, kind of was smart enough to keep it in a binder in these sort of like uh, laminated slips, mm -hmm. um, which I assume would be a good, you know, a good way to keep it, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. And it's so true, especially like just collector markets these days. It seems like if it's not mint, 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 you're going to take a big hit on, on a resale value. I mean, when it is right. time to sell, you know, a lot of these things like, you know, for me, like there's stuff I have and it just holds real sentimental value. So while like, you know, I could, I could like sell it on eBay or something for, you know, a, a pretty penny. It's just it's hard for a collector, even though, you know, it seems like the whole thing is to pride yourself on, on what you have, but it's hard to let go of that too. Um, so when you're ready, it's, it's even more of like a heartbreaker if somebody's like, oh, well, it's not 100% mint condition. So I'm only gonna, you know, it's only worth X, Y, Z when it's worth so much more to you and, and, and your own kind of uh, soul. I think whether or not people still collect baseball cards or collect bobbleheads, those are, you know, easy collections to have, but I feel like people that have baseball connections, uh, baseball collections, like physical baseballs, um, is just a little more 
it's a little more exciting, I feel, to get a baseball at a game. Because if you look at all of the major sports across the country, whether it's football or basketball or hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. If the ball goes into the stands, you don't get to keep it. You have to give it back. You have to, oh. you know, find a, an official to give it back to. But in baseball, there's so many, there's so many baseballs that they put in play. And I don't know the the average per game off the top of my head, but it's hundreds of baseballs that they use. And you'll even see pitchers on the mound. They'll get a new baseball. They'll look at it. They'll feel it in their hand. They're like, ah, screw this. And they'll throw it away. Yeah. And that ball may be tossed into the stands or it may be collected as, you know, to use for batting practice the next day. But I think that's why collecting baseballs is so much fun because there's nothing else like it in sports. You get to keep the ball that they were playing with, you know, whether, you know, it's uh, Albert Pujols fielding a ground ball and he tosses it into the stands at the, at the end of the inning, you get to say, I have a ball that Albert Pujols just touched in the game and I get to keep it. Um, so I feel like that, that, you know, a baseball collection, I feel like it's so it's, it's, um, it's cool because it's rare, right? Like you're not going to a game expecting to get a baseball, whether that's hit a foul ball hits you, which is even more rare than getting it thrown to you, but even getting it thrown to you is rare. And I just feel like the, the, the rarity of it is what makes it special. Yeah, it's almost like it's like a crystallized moment in time. Like with a yeah, car, exactly. there's like, you know, 10,000 produced, 100,000 produced. That ball is like right then and there. You can't re replicate that moment. Right. And that and I mean, you can I, see over my left shoulder, all the baseballs that I have um, on the shelf there. So those are all like, fly balls or are those? I mean, most of them are most of them are baseballs that I got at a game. Um, a lot of them actually are uh, autographed as well. So it's kind of a mixture. Now, with an autograph, something you you sought after maybe in the future, or do they have a situation in games? They're probably used to this, like people bring to the usher or something, and they can get them autographed. Well, it it kind of, I mean, you can't really get an autograph during the game. That's pretty difficult. I, sure. I I'm sure it's happened, but it's pretty rare that that occurs. So fans will show up. The the best way to get an autograph is to show up during batting practice when the players are kind of more laid back. Maybe it was, you know, yesterday's starting pitcher who's out in the outfield shagging fly balls. You know, he's not thinking about pitching for another few, four or five days. Um, so he's maybe more inclined to come to the sideline and, and, and sign autographs. That's typically when you'll get uh, guys to sign stuff. Um, or, you know, if you're lucky enough to go into the clubhouse before the game or meet some of the players, um, you can get an autograph that way. But yeah, it, it's, it's almost impossible to get one during the game. Sure. Sure. I wasn't, I wasn't implying that, but absolutely. It actually would be pretty cool if they did have like a moment where they would pause and they could go into the fan, into the stands yeah. and some stuff. Now, are you the type that like, isn't really shy about asking for an autograph? Um, when I was asking for autographs, yeah. uh, no, I wasn't that shy. I mean, it, 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 it's sort of like asking your, your crush out to the dance, right? <laughs> it's just, it's, you gotta, you gotta get yourself psyched, right? Because yeah. there's, there's the possibility that you could get rejected. So you gotta kind of get, get yourself in the right mindset to go and approach one of your favorite players. And then there's also the added thing in the back of your mind the, the old saying of, you know, don't meet your heroes because you'll probably dis be disappointed. So there's that added to it as well. Um, so it, it did 
it did. I did have to work up some courage to go ask players for autographs, but um, I, I'm also a, a, a television reporter. I, I do news and, and sports. And um, since I've been in that business, I I've sort of shied away from asking for autographs because it, it, it is, it is really frowned upon if you are working a game and you, you know, ask a player for an autograph or a picture, it kind of, it's kind of cheapens it. Um, and it's, it's, it's not like illegal, but it is, you know, an unwritten rule that you just don't do that. And so I kind of, you know, went once I got to kind of interview these guys and, and get to know them on some level when I'm covering a game or whatever, um, you know, it, it's sort of that, itch to ask for an autograph kind of goes away. Yeah, I could see that. So let's circle back to when you were going on this stadium tour and you were getting the jerseys. Like, were they, um, did they have certain patches that were exclusive only to the stadium? Were they um, like licensed from the MLB or were they anything, um, anything specific to that stadium, a specific piece of merch, or were they uh, just really high quality jerseys that were on sale there sometimes i was able like if if i there were two instances where i got shirt jerseys or jerseys mm-hmm. uh when i couldn't find the authentic jersey with their name on the back and one and the two instances that i can think of off the top of my head was i mentioned shipper jones in atlanta and then jim edmonds in st louis but you go to any team store at any of these ballparks, you can find authentic MLB licensed jerseys. And that's typically what I went for. Um, And so I, like I said before, like whatever favorite player I had, it was either whatever my favorite player was, or if it was a former Dodger, because I'm a huge Dodgers fan. If it was a former Dodger that now plays for whatever team it was, I would try to get their Jersey. So for example, when we went to Arizona, my favorite player of all time is Sean Green, uh, who played for the Dodgers, but he also played for the Diamondbacks. And so when we were in Arizona, I made it a point to go get a Sean Green Diamondbacks jersey. Mm-hmm. And so I have a couple of those as well. You wear them these days? Um, I If I ever... I have worn them when I've gone back to stadiums. Like, for example, like I worked in Houston um, from 20... 20- 16 to 2018 and you know this is before i found out that the astros cheated their way through the 2017 world series title and i was you know quote unquote i support i wasn't a fan of the astros but i supported the astros because i worked there and uh i had a craig biggio jersey like a really like cool throwback type of uh craig biggio jersey and so whenever i would go to the astros games when they weren't playing the dodgers I would wear that Craig Biggio jersey to the game, but I would—I don't say—I I don't think I would ever just kind of sport it, like wearing it around. I—I I, I felt like I th- there needed to be a like a special occasion, like going to a game or um, dressing up for some for like a costume party or something like that. But like I tried to keep them in as mint condition as possible. Why do you think that baseball? Um, has such a passionate collector community surrounding it. Whereas football, basketball, hockey, there is a bit of a collector's uh, culture around it. But with baseball, it's just a whole 
other stratosphere of passionate fans, of uh, collectors seeking out just a wide array of merchandise, forget cards, game-worn jerseys, um, game-worn hats, even like the pennants or like people buy what, like seats from the Mets? You know, like Mets, people buy like the, the seats from the stands. Why do you, yeah. that is so, that, that, that is so, um, that that fire is so strong with baseball fans. Why the, what's the tie with baseball and collecting that has endured over time? It has a lot to do with baseball fans being just inherently nostalgic. And I think, you know, it's considered America's pastime. Now, is it America's most popular sport? No, that's definitely football. But baseball is sort of the classic sport that, you know, from generation to generation, you pass the love of it down to whoever your son or daughter is, right? And I think that when you're collecting cards, let's say you're, you know, I'm not talking about Pokemon cards because those are very well collected. People mm -hmm. collect the crap out of those. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about sports cards, what's, your, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? Is a baseball card every single time. I, and, and I'm a fan of basketball. I'm a fan of football. I'm not a collector of either of those sports, but I've, but and I know that there are cards out there. Like sure. I know, but for some reason, baseball cards, it was kind of like the pioneer of sports cards. Like it, it's the card that you put in the spoke, the spokes of your bike, right? You close pin it to your bike and it, and it flutters as you pedal, right? Like that, that is sort of the genesis of, of where, where cards started sort of started is with baseball. And so I think because of that, you have this nostalgia, you have this America's pastime, you have um, fathers and mothers passing it down to their sons and daughters. It's, it's a very um, collectible type of sport. And like I mentioned with baseballs, it's the only, you know, professional ball that you can take home with you that was thrown around or hit in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fantastic because it mirrors uh, comic book collecting so much in the sense of heroes. I mean, you know, the, the yes. whole thing with the cards is owning, owning a, a picture of your hero, owning something specific to your hero. And there's so many different variations you can express that in with jerseys, with autographed balls. Yeah. Um, yeah I'll and tell it, you one, I'll, uh, just real quick, as you made me think of it. Great. I have this card that I keep in my wall. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can get it out. Okay, this is this is what you call the opposite mint condition, but I keep I keep it in my wallet, and it's it's a Sean Green card, and he's playing first base, which is bizarre. And I just felt that I wanted to capture this memory for some reason because after because he started in right field, and that was his natural position, but the Dodgers, um, you know. I forget who they acquired, but they moved him to first base and he was actually a pretty decent first baseman. And I believe this was, yep, this was his final year with the Dodgers. And so I kind of, like you say, you have a picture of your hero, you kind of immortalize them with these cards and I keep it with me, you know, 24 seven or whenever I have my wallet on me. And what, like, if, if we can get a little deeper on that, why, what, like, aside from, the fact that it is kind of an end of uh, 
one chapter of that player's life and the beginning of another. Why is that? Why do you need that in your wallet every day? This is this is this is like the stuff I love to talk about. <laughs> why do I need it in my wallet every day? I guess I don't really need it, but it's just nice knowing it's there. It's yeah. it reminds me of why I fell in love with baseball. It reminds me of why Sean Green was my favorite player. And there's a few reasons why. Um, one of them is he is a Jewish ball player. I'm, I'm Jewish myself. So I, I kind of had that connection with him. He came over to the Dodgers in um, the year 2000 is when he came over. So he was only there from 2004 to 2000. I mean, sorry, 2000 to 2004. He was traded to the Diamondbacks in 2005, which was just, and it was honestly one of the worst trades the Dodgers have ever made because the return that they got was just garbage. And I, and I was so upset that they traded away my favorite, favorite player. Um, and his, be, you know, some of his best years were with the Dodgers. And it just reminds me of that time in my life where I really started to become a baseball fan. And, I have a, a special connection with him because in the third grade, um, you know, he was my, he was my favorite player. And this was in either Oh one or Oh two when I was in the third grade. And I knew that for my birthday, my parents were going to take me and a bunch of my friends to Dodger stadium to go uh, watch the game. But also they arranged for us to go to the clubhouse and meet the players. And I, I figured that we were going to meet Sean green and me and my friend, Jacob Moss, who's still one of my best friends to, to this day, he was also a huge Sean Green fan. And so we decided that in art class, we were going to make something for Sean Green. And we created this, just this, the worst looking sculpture you've ever seen in your entire life. It was a lump. It was literally a lump of clay that we put together and we thought, yeah, we're going to give it to him. So we wrapped it up in this terrible paper. It was, it was awful. The worst presentation. So we get to the stadium and we meet Sean green. We present him the lump. He opens up, he opens it up and looks at it. And there's this moment that you can see on his face. Cause we have a picture of it is, is this sort of like, what is this? He's like, he didn't know what it was, but he knew that these two kids who loved him, you know, were giving him something. And he told us that day that he was he would keep this lump in his locker if he hit a home run that day. Well, just, you know, I mean, the baseball is just full of magic, right? Um, so that day, he, he not only hit a home run, he hit two home runs. And so years later, when he was traded to the Diamondbacks, my dad and I, we went to Arizona and uh, we saw him and he recognized my dad in the stands and he said, hello. And we were like, Sean, we have to ask you, you know, um, did you keep that thing that we gave you? And he said, yes. And he kept it in his locker. Um, and then last year I actually, uh, cause I, I write for this fan website. Well, it was originally called Dodgers lowdown. Now it's called Dodgers tailgate. And I interviewed Sean green and he told me that he kept that thing in his locker for a couple of seasons. Wow. And during those seasons that he kept it, he broke the Dodgers single season record for most home runs in a season by hitting 49 home runs in 2001. Then in 2002, he became, I think it was like the 14th or 15th player ever to hit four home runs in a game. And just all these crazy things that happened. Um, and that's the other thing that um, 
I, I think kind of ties in with the baseball collection is that baseball players and baseball fans are very superstitious. Yeah. And so of course he kept that in his locker because it was something that he had on a day that he had a really good day at the plate and he just kept it in there because he knew that for whatever reason, this thing had some sort of meaning that he needed to have with him. And it's the same thing for fans too. When you're watching a game and you know, maybe you're sitting, you know, maybe you're sitting with your buddy and, and both of you ha- have your arms crossed and then, you know, the team starts to come back and maybe your friend moves out of the, posi- out of that position. And you sort of say to them, what are you doing? You can't get up, like get back in that position. That's kind of the, magic and the you know the where the love of the game comes from is is not only accepting that that's a part of it but like really buying into the superstitious part of baseball and i think that's i believe it does tie in to sort of the sentimentality of uh baseball collectors yeah and it's it's funny you talk about superstition it's almost like all the times i've seen people who collect baseball stuff it's their collection is kind of like has kind of a shrine quality to it. Yep. Um, and I guess that goes hand in hand with all of the, what I was talking about earlier, the, like the, the array of items that you can collect as a baseball fan, as a fan of, of a certain player. Did you find yourself less enthusiastic once the, the card, once he switched teams, once your favorite, once your favorite players switch teams, are you less enthusiastic about, um, collecting the cards or will you'll continue along with your player? I, well, here's the thing. See, and that's, and that's where like, you know, today's fan would probably not be still rooting for their favorite player after they've left their team. It's just kind of, they're not with your with your guys anymore and you're kind of like whatever I'll find a new favorite player on my team mm-hmm. but my dad was always a huge Willie Mays fan and he he grew up a New York Giants fan and then he switched to becoming a Dodgers fan because the Giants traded Mays away to the New York Mets but it never changed his allegiance and his fandom of Willie Mays mm-hmm. and i and i think that kind of stuck with me where it was like, even though Sean Green is not on this team anymore, like he's still my favorite player. He's still, I still root for him, even though he plays for a division rival. And then he later played for the Mets and he, he, he hurt us in the playoffs in in 2006. I wasn't too happy about that, but um, no, I, I always, I, I will, I always rooted for him no matter what. And I think that um, any, any true fan that is, is truly a fan of, of any one player, not just their own team will, will tell you the same thing. Yeah. Um, is that where you keep right behind you? Is that where you keep all your, all, your, your collection or is it just the balls back there? Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I kind of have a collection of, uh, my, my collection is kind of in a, in a couple of different places. So mm-hmm. like that's all of the balls that I, in all the bobbleheads too that I collected when I was younger and I have my baseball cards here. Um, but then I have a, you know, I have a, my, this is my childhood room, okay. uh, but I have a, I have a, uh, you know, a place in Marina Del Rey where um, I brought some of my favorite bobbleheads and bats and things um, and baseball uh, tchotchkes to there because as, you know, as, and as any collector probably, you know, 
feels is that they always want to be surrounded by these things. I always want yeah. the the items that they hold dear to to be around them and and to to be able to look at them and 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 not so much like stare at them every day or you know play with the bat or play with the ball or whatever, but just like having that comfort of knowing that like your stuff is still around and 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 you just you just kind of feel more at home. The dragon and it's gold, right? <laughs> what is that this is a good segue into that what is your like holy grail or your prized possession do you have a, a grail that you're seeking uh or and also what is the one that what's the one um piece de resistance of your of your collection if i go to a new stadium um or if i haven't been to a stadium in a while i will still buy a jersey mm-hmm. um because it's just something that i started and i keep doing it yeah. and i still do collect bobbleheads when i can Um, but I think my favorite thing that I have, and, um, I don't know where it is at the moment, but I know it's around here somewhere, um, is, uh, going back to Sean Green, um, I have one of his batting gloves and the cool thing about that is, is that he started this tradition that no other player had done before him or since him or since him. And it was kind of by accident. So Sean Green started out as a, uh, a player for the Toronto Blue Jays. And then we traded for him, at, like I said, at the beginning of 2000. And then when he got to the team, he told this story. This is when I interviewed him. He told the story of when he got to the plate one day, it was at home, and he noticed that there was a rip in his batting gloves. And he was like, oh man, like these batting gloves stink. I got to go get a new pair, but it was, he was on deck. So there was no time to do that. So he just went up to the plate and he hit a home run. And then as he was circling the bases, he decided that he didn't need the batting gloves anymore. So he threw them to the stands and Vince Scully, the legendary Dodgers broadcaster said on the air, you know, I, oh, wow, that seems like that's a tradition that the new guy does or whatever. And somebody told him about what Vince Scully had said and Sean green thought about it and said, well, that's actually not something that I ever had done before, but now that Vince Scully said it, I think I have to keep doing it. (laughs) So he continued to do it. Every time he hit a home run, he would toss his gloves to the stands and it really, it started in LA, which is I think the coolest part for me. And he said that it kind of petered out after he left the Dodgers. But when I went to go see him for that game, when he played for the diamondbacks in Arizona, he hit two home runs that day. And the first time he rounded the bases, he tried to throw one of the gloves to me and some little kid or whatever. And I was a little kid at the time too. So like, it's not like, it's not like that, but uh, some little snot nosed kid jumped in front of me and caught it. So it was a miracle that he actually hit another home run. And that time he actually made sure to throw me the glove. And so I have that glove. I don't know where it is, but it's a white Rawlings batting glove. And it is the, it is by far my favorite, the most, my, the, the most favorite thing that I have. You know, it's so great sitting and listening to your story uh, in, in a few, uh, in a few different ways for somebody that has no idea about baseball, other than just casually watching here and there, I'm kind of, um, I, 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 I feel like I am an outsider of that, but looking at you explaining 
the how, your experience of that day and all the little nuances that you picked up on and the the excitement and the passion that you have for that that exact experience that exact moment that the the physical remains of that moment is is it really shows like you're the, the true collector inside of you. Like you remember down to the T I'm sure you could describe what the kid's t-shirt, what, what, what the kid was wearing. You, it, you were just transported right back into that time when you got that. And that is so um, special when it comes to collectors, that, that aspect that's not spoken a lot about is that experience that they had acquiring that the memory that goes along with that. Exactly. And, and, and you can't get that with, baseball cards because they're so mass produced. And while base car baseball cards are awesome, it seems like you're really into the moment in which you acquired the piece, the moment. Oh, definitely. The physical and, and evidence. And I'll tell you something. Um, a bunch of the balls that I have behind me that I got at the game, I had my dad write on the ball who threw it to me and the date so that I would remember Fantastic. that that moment of, of who threw it to me, um, even if it was the bat boy. Um, but there there's a few balls up there where, you know, I can look back and, and, and read what it says and be like, Oh yeah, I remember that. That was a, that was Eric Karros. He was at the plate and he fouled one off. And I, some of the, one of the visiting players flipped it to me. Um, but you're right. It, it's, it's, that's, that's part of what I think, is unique about baseball collectors or, or, you know, baseball fans who are collectors is that it's that the story that, it, that, that, it, that goes along with it because anybody can open a pack of tops baseball cards and like, Oh, cool. I got a, you know, a rookie card for, uh, for Bryce Harper or, Ooh, I got a Manny Machado limited edition, limited edition, whatever. Um, which is cool, but it's like, there's no memory attached to that. It's just an object. It's just, okay, cool. I'm glad I got that now. But the, the stories that go along with it are, are what I, like you said, is, is what I, um, what means the most to me. Yeah. And it's so pure. It's like, and I, I don't want to taint the conversation because it's so fantastic to hear these sorts of stories. But like, if you were somebody who, you know, you need you, you you wanted to sell you want to buy a house or you know you want to put a kid through school or something it's time to sell maybe a, 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 no one would want to buy something that's well maybe autographed by your dad but what i'm saying is the no one would want a, a baseball it was just a, a fly ball but like it's so right. it's so ingrained into your identity and and who you are that it's it's almost it's 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 priceless i mean it, right. i hate to say that it's 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 you can't put a dollar amount on that, especially for somebody else, like somebody else taking that ball. They won't have that. They won't be transported the way that you were transported, that you're transported when you see it. Right. Right. So that's I love I love when the like when collectors are really pure about it, where it's like it's it, you could tell that it's ne it's never been about the resale. No. And it's never. so much. That's what it's so much is. If is it was about that, I would have sold these things a long time ago. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's like, that's such a focus right now because there's eBay, because there's grading, because there's, you know, uh, what, you know, the a whole collectibles market on YouTube and stuff. And it's just, it loot, you lose, you dilute and you lose that, that spark that gets people to want to obsessively have these things and experience these things. It's right. It's, it's really beautiful. And yeah, circling back, it is very indicative to baseball. 
Yes, it is. Um, and you're right. I don't think anybody would really care about a, a ball that a, that a bat boy flipped to me, unless I become some sort of mega celebrity. And in which case, you know, me handing a little kid a ball would mean something to them because they got it from me, not necessarily, not necessarily related to how I got it. Right, right, right. So let's go through the bobbleheads now. So were the bobbleheads, um, stadium exclusives or were they merch table? They were, uh, most of the bobbleheads that I got, I never, I never went out. Well, that's not true. There was one that I got from like a store, but like pretty much all the bobbleheads that I have are from games that I went to, whether it was on my baseball trip or whether I was going to Dodger stadium. And and obviously most of my bobbleheads are Dodgers, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of duplicates too. So that may be an incentive to maybe sell some of those, but, um, yeah, bobbleheads are really are still in, and they've stood the test of time. They're um, retro. They're like, know, it's like exactly the design has never gotten better. Maybe the sculpts are better, but the whole novelty of it you can't really beat. Exactly, exactly. They've definitely gotten better at making it look more like the player. Um, there's a couple that I have that are just really awful. They're kind of <laughs> comical because they look nothing like they. They may have gotten the skin tone right, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe the Jersey number, but that's it. Yeah. Um, so for those, yeah, mo- most of the, most of the ones that I collected pretty much all of them are, are from actual games. What was the hardest, uh, baseball card to acquire back in your day when you were, when you were getting cards, would you be the, the, the kid that got the box and then just cracked open the box or, and then go back for single packs? Yeah, I, I got, I got like, I would go to like a sporting goods store or um, any of the local ones around me and, and just buy like heaps of, uh, of packs and just kind of hang out with my friends and kind of open them and see what we got. Um, and, and most of those cards come from that. Um, but then also there was some, yes, although I, th- I believe it's not there anymore. What was um, it? Uh, it was called, uh, it was called star toys. Uh, and they had a, they had a, a nice little section of, of baseball cards there. Um, and then there was Kramer sporting goods, which had baseball cards as well mm-hmm. that I would get from there. But then uh, there was, there's actually some, some, some cards in there that have absolutely no value because they're just really poorly made, but they would have like much like the bobblehead giveaways at the Dodger games, they would have, card giveaways yeah. and it was cool because they would give you these like massive like these sheets of cards that you would you know fold and rip oh um, they were uncut sheets those are cool and with perforations oh those yeah. are really cool did you keep yeah. the sheets or did you rip them open i ripped them open and i you know i have them i'll show you and like they're just fat you know but like i'll show you hold on i'll show you what the crappy looking cards look like see although this one looks like it came in a pack but like really just (laughs) but it's cool it's like you know like they got the keebler elf on there and there's some some facts and figures about pedro borbone who was a terrible reliever for us um but let's see how far back do you go? go what's your oldest card oh gosh i don't know probably the eighties, seventies, eighties, but like you can see here, these, this is from that sheet 
Uh-huh. And you can see, I don't know if you can see on the on the sides, it looks like they're they're a little ripped. No, I can't see from here, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Let me just so this is you can see uh-huh. how it's a little yep. ripped there. Oh, you ripped it. You ripped it open. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, they, it would come in a sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Um, that was cool. God, there's so many, so many terrible players I have here. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but anyway, I uh, remember I, I was um so uh I never was a huge baseball fan. I grew up in Miami. And we didn't get the Marlins until, I don't know, it was too, I, I couldn't, it, 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 I, I was too old for it to really make an imprint. We would go to games and stuff, but basketball was a big deal. But I the still Mar- the remember. The Marlins were in the, the mid 90s. Yes. Um, so I kind of, I didn't grow up being a baseball fan. Um, football and basketball were big in Miami when I was growing up, but I remember that I went to summer camp one year and there were kids who broke me off to 87 tops that, that specific year. And I loved the cards. Like I didn't really, you know, I've been a collector my whole life. I've just always loved kind of amassing these little things that I get obsessed about. And tops 87 was something I was just obsessed about. I loved it. So it was, you know, Bo Jackson, like Wally Joyner, but like the card, what I, what I loved most was actually how the card was printed. It had like a wooden panel and it just like the oh, card sick. looked good. The back stats looked great. And like, I never, I was just collect, I just collected those because I liked the cards. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of something that has always kind of stuck with me that I, I, that I bring up with baseball collectors. And I haven't really met other people that did that uh, with anything else. I've, I've met few, a few people that, that actually love Tops 87, but not in any other sense were they collecting cards just to collect them? There seemed to be something about that specific year that resonated with my generation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of dabbled a little bit with like when Upper Deck started. But then since I wasn't a fan, I couldn't, I couldn't connect in a deeper way other than, oh, these are cool cards that, you know, it's a cool addition, like the way the layouts, these look really nice and they have a little hologram on the back. Beyond that, I couldn't get into the culture very much. And that's probably why it fizzled out. Right. I mean, you really have to, I mean, whatever, whatever you're collecting, I feel is you really have to be into that subject. I feel like in, and, and that's why those cards didn't mean anything to you. Like, you know, there, there are some cool cards that I have. I, I, I can't pull them out uh, because I don't know exactly where they are, but I mean, I've got a couple of cards that have like a little like Jersey cloth in it or like a, oh, cool. or like a little chip from the bat in, in the card. Um, and so in order for that to resonate with anybody, you got to be a fan of the game, know who the player is, and then it becomes special to you. Yeah. And that's so specific. Again, it's so it's this, this the, the baseball collectors, you baseball collectors are so specific. It's so wonderful because like with comics, you can walk into a shop. It's like, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to read that. And that's the barrier of entry. That's cool. Right. I'll read that story. With baseball and baseball collecting, it's 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 a life. It's it's lifestyle above all. Yeah. And I also feel like I know that there are, you know, you, you said you're you're a collector yourself. And I'm and I'm sure that there are a lot of folks out there that seek these things, like go out to specifically collect things. 
And my style or the way I kind of, you know, do it, I guess, is that I don't actively do it. And that it's, it just sort of, it just sort of comes to me. So, you know, whether, whether, you know, when I get a new bobblehead, it's just like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm grateful to be going to that game where they happen to have the bobblehead. Um, but I'm not looking at the schedule being like, okay, there's a Justin Turner bobblehead night and then a Trevor Bauer bobblehead night. I got to make sure I, I have tickets for those games so that I can get that to add to my collection. But I just, there are people who are like that. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what the majority of collectors are like. Right. But for me, in order for, for to mean something to me, it just ha- has to come to me naturally. Yeah. Do you collect anything else? Or are you realizing maybe in, in this conversation right now, perhaps, that you might be collecting something and you don't really realize it yet? <laughs> um, other than collecting dust on things? No. Um, <laughs> no, there's nothing really else that I have that, that I really that I really like to, you know, collect. I mean, huh. yeah, I can't really think of anything else. And did we, did we touch upon your, your, um, your favorite piece in, in your collection? Did we touch? That yeah. On? The Sean green batting glove. Oh, right. The glove. What about cards? Any cards? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, no more Garcia Parra was one of my favorite players growing up. So to have his rookie card or um, Ichiro Suzuki was another one that it was just one of the, you know, he, he won rookie of the year. So to have his rookie card as well, I believe Nomar won rookie of the year too. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of these, what's cool is that all of these players, like I grew up watching. And so, you know, when I look at Prince Fielder or I look at Brian Giles or Carlos Beltran or Gary Sheffield, I mean, this is my youth, you know, this is the, these are the players that I grew up watching. Yeah. And so that's why it's special to me because you know, I remember seeing them, either seeing them on TV or seeing them in person and watching the games and, and, and really connecting with them on how great they were um, to be immortalized in a baseball card and to have their rookie card, you know, to be able to say, like, I saw the entirety of this person's career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really cool thing. Yeah. Do you keep your ticket stubs? Like, are you that thorough? Oh, you know, that's actually, I'm glad you said something about that because, um, on the baseball trip, I did collect um, the ticket stubs and we had them, they're not here now because my mom's done a little work in this <laughs> in this room, but um, I used to have on the wall, like uh, all of the ticket stubs that I got from the baseball trips that I went to. Uh-huh. And so we would frame it, you know, yeah. we'd have the tickets lined up and then we'd have it uh, with a little plaque uh, saying what year it was from. Um, and so th- that's that's cool to me because I, you know, I can look at a ticket stub and like we talked about earlier, just be transported back to that ballpark. What did it smell like? What did it feel like? What, what happened? What were the stories that came from that game or that moment? Um, that, that's something that I feel like it, it just kind of goes along with my collecting style is that it just, it all just happens naturally and all of it is very nostalgic. Fantastic. Are you, have you been going to any games recently? Are they back? Are they, I, they They are back. Um, I've only been to one game so far, uh, which was a Dodgers Angels game in Anaheim, but I've yet to go back to Dodger Stadium. But on June 15th, they are opening it back up to the, you know, to full capacity, essentially. So that's cool. I've lived in LA 20 years. I've never been to Dodger Stadium. Well, that is a crime. I got to go now. You got to go. Go on a, bo- <laughs> go on a bobblehead night. Oh, you got to let me know when that happens. 
Oh yeah. There there's a, <laughs> they, they announced, they just announced, announced a bunch of new bobbleheads that they're, that they're going to give out, which are is, rich. is that the rage at the, at the stadium for real? Like it's bobblehead night. That I feel like that is the biggest draw like that. You know, you're going to get a sold out crowd that night. Yeah. Cool. Cool. They used to they used to give away mini bats, but then they were like, "Wait a minute, those are those, those could be used as weapons, so yeah. we're not going to give those out anymore." Did you wait? Did I hear you talk about bats earlier? Do you have um? Do you have uh, game played bats or cracked? Yeah, bats? I have I have some that are that are game played or cracked. Um, I I went to the Louisville Slugger Museum a few years ago and I got a you know custom bat with my name on it, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, I my my mini bat collection is not that impressive but i did used to collect those when cool. they would give them away at the games cool awesome all right jake well this has been really really insightful for me you know baseball has always been kind of that thing that's i know is out there and it's a a big beast in terms of of collecting yeah and um to talk and talk with somebody who's not just solely based on cards but is actually based with the experience and the tangible kind of one-offs that are, that make the experience special. I mean, that's, that that's like the core of what collecting is all about. So thanks it so is. much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This was fun. I've never talked about my collection before. So this is a new thing for me as well. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool, man. Cool.